Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. From Barangaroo Studios, the AusBiz COV is the key stuff you need to know about the day in business and finance. Welcome to the COB. I'm Daniela Kuye, along with... Andrew Gagan, <laughs> that'll be me. Uh, Danny, great to catch up with you. First time that uh, we've been together in the new year because... Exactly. We're still uh, still adjusting, really, aren't we? Because everything's so slow out there at the moment. We Where have to look at those. We have to look at those volumes. They're still on holiday. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, let's, let's check in and see how the market's traded today. So there we go. We are in positive territory, which I think we will take that, won't we, Andrew? We had a mixed lead from Wall Street, so the CBO 200 up by almost three points, and the ASX 100. I think the, the ASX was more of a flat line, wasn't it, really? Yeah, it's up about two points as well. And yeah. really, we're talking uh, barely, you know, point point uh, a tenth of a percent uh, either way in terms of the market performance between the two different indices. Yeah, but clearly not enough to get out of bed for, really. I mean, <laughs> come on. I'm not going there. I'm not going there. Now, let's right. have a look at some of the themes because really, really low volumes. Yeah. I, I think I heard uh, Henry Jennings today on the call complaining about really low volumes. So just remember, folks, it is still January and this is Australia's holiday time. So uh, if there are some large price movements, that could be due to a lack of liquidity. Well, if you're talking about large price movements and you want yes. some action... Head to the uranium space. That's where it's all happening right now. You have to look at the, what, about two or three of the top performers today were those uranium producers. Absolutely. Very, very strong. So it had a lot to do with Kazakhstan, I'm led to believe. Well, they've got the largest, uh, biggest uranium uh, miner is in Kazakhstan, in fact. Yeah, and that state-owned producer, Kazatomprom, warned over the weekend of a potential production shortfall late last week. And that got the bulls going with the uranium price up over $100 a pound. Well, so, in fact, the US also looking to cover those shortfalls given Russia and the sanctions yeah, on it. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's all pretty positive for the uh, uranium price, which has pushed above $100 a pound. Yeah, absolutely. And also we have a retail resilience. So in the top movers today, we will get to super retail in more detail, but market really liking their trading update. They're talking about sales of $2 billion uh, for the first half of a full year 2024 and earnings between two and $300 million. And it actually took, I think, premium investments with it as well. JB Hi-Fi as well. Take a good day all round when you take a look at uh, the retailers, given some dire outlooks there for uh, particularly those consumer discretionary stocks. Absolutely. I mean, that, what a crazy year last year was. We mm. were all expecting recessions to hit left, right and centre. And yet, consumer discretionary was the second best performing sector. Now, let's have a look and 
and see what sectors have done well today. And energy was one of the top of the pop. So there we can see Santos up by uh, almost 4% and uh, Woodside up by over 1% because those Hootie rebels are again taking pot shots uh, at uh basically shipping the ships in well, the Red Sea. That's true, yeah. That's uh, putting pressure on the price there as a result. But also, just in particular with Santos, uh, it did yes. rally before entering a trading halt. That was off that... Uh, well, it's $5.8 billion gas project off the Northern Territory uh, coastline there has received federal court approval. Absolutely. So that was a big obstacle it's managed to overcome. Yeah, and uh, we'll discuss Ampol in a minute, but that was also up by uh, almost 2.8%. Now, the other sector that was in focus and strong today were the cons retailers, the consumer discretionary stocks. And there we can see JB Hi-Fi up by almost 4% and Premier Investments up by 45 And if we check the second page there, there is Super Retail up by over six percent. Yeah, some impressive moves right there. Now let's uh, round it out with the telcos. Yeah, and Telstra, yeah. which has not been a great performer, put in a really good performance today in quiet market, up by two point three percent, almost at four dollars. And I looked, but I am afraid I couldn't find any news on that one. All right, well, let's uh, just cover some of that news I was just mentioning there with Santos of the federal court ruling that has proposed pipelines for the $5.8 billion gas project off the Northern Territory would not endanger cultural heritage sites. And Pilbara Min Minerals, meantime, has expanded its Gangfen offtake agreement, increasing its supply of spodumene concentrate to the lithium company. Daniel, you're talking about Ampol. It's a strong balance sheet could sustain special dividends of a dollar a share or equivalently sized on market share buybacks until 2027. That's according to analysts at EMP Financial. Uh, analysts uh, Adam Martin and Brancos Skokic expecting a dollar special dividend when the Australian Fuel Refiner and Retailer reports its 23 results in February. Absolutely. And uh, then let's have a look at uh, Zenith Minerals. Now, they were up by about 10% after it appointed Azure Capital to run a review of its lithium business, which includes the Split Rocks and Waratah well projects in Western Australia. And Qantas uh, lost significant altitude today, as you can see, almost 4%. In fact, <laughs> Get <airline>. it, altitude? <laughs> yes, I know, it's a poor dad joke. Uh, it's engaged in yet another legal battle with its workforce amid allegations that it underpaid aircraft engineers in the US as much as... 10 million US dollars. I don't like to hear things like that because uh, if we're passengers on those flights, I don't like to hear that engineers haven't been well paid because you can see the travails Boeing is under when yeah. they've got well, some I think, engineering yeah, you, problems. You perhaps need to be focused on the make of plane today rather than actually exactly. the airline itself. That's 737 MAX. And if uh, anybody wants to learn about it, dare I, I'm going to drop uh, my only ever time I have about the Shareplicity books. Mm. I did a case study on Boeing in the first book, which explains why the 737 MAX is in such trouble. So there, there you go, everybody. Prescient of you. Well, uh, yeah, well, that's when it all started. Anyway, uh, let's welcome our guest today, Josh Gilbert from eToro. Josh, hello, hello. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, guys. Thanks for having me. Exactly. So tell us, I saw you posting on LinkedIn, Microsoft has knocked Apple off the perch in terms of the largest company in the US. How significant is this or is it not significant at all? Uh, look, I think it is pretty significant um, to sort of start the year. It's it's the first time that we've seen sort of Microsoft take that position for for a sort of a couple of years. We've sort of come to know Apple as the world's biggest and most valuable company. 
I mean, they still sort of own bragging rights in in, in the fact of of being the, the the one company to hit that sort of three trillion dollar club. Uh, but Microsoft isn't sort of too far away, and and I think the reason they've got there is because you know we've seen a really clear strategy from Microsoft over the last eighteen months uh, around AI, and and obviously AI has sort of captivated Wall Street in that time as well. Whereas we've seen Apple sort of keep their cards really close to its chest when it comes to AI. They've mentioned it a couple of times on earnings calls, but we're really not sure how it's going to sort of be implemented completely into the business. Um, uh, news in the last week or so was that they actually cut a big team of sort of AI analysts uh, over in California as well. So um, it's it's sort of two different stories right here. We've got Microsoft who are sort of seeing earnings growth come through, and that is coming because of AI. Whereas we've got sort of Apple where, you know, are having worries over sort of sales in China. We're seeing analyst downgrades. So it is a tale of two stories. So not surprising to see sort of Microsoft take out that top spot. And it's certainly going to be a battle to watch for the rest of the year. Josh, uh, more broadly, of course, earnings season getting underway. Quarterlies are in the States, beginning with the banks. A bit of a mixed picture there. What was uh, your observations? Yeah, absolutely. Um, certainly a bit of a mixed result all round. I think JP was really the only name uh, that sort of came out and uh, sort of really delivered a, a sort of a record four year profit. Uh, City, Bank of America, uh, Wells Fargo, they sort of disappointed uh, a little bit there as well. Um, Goldman and Morgan Stanley are probably the names uh, to watch this week are probably the two last to sort of come through. Uh, that's obviously going to be a real focus there on the wealth management side, especially from sort of Goldman. And I think there could be a bit of a benefit there on that sort of end of year rally you know, ultimately the performance that we sort of saw in equities uh, and obviously sort of fixed income, uh, investment banking revenues may still be a little bit weak there. Obviously, M&A activity has sort of remained uh, pretty slow. We've not seen obviously too many IPOs pick up. We did see that bit of a flurry in the back end of sort of last year as well. Um, so it could be, again, slightly mixed as we've already seen. You know, they have sort of under-delivered under but more broadly, in earnings season, you know, we're expecting to see anywhere between about four to five percent earnings growth uh, for the quarter, which um, you know I think will be pretty, pretty solid. We we had a beat on earnings growth uh, expectations in in sort of Q3. So if we can get that again, I think it will set us up really nicely uh, as we you know start this year. Absolutely. Uh, let's turn the attention back home, Josh. And uh, we were discussing earlier, volumes are really low at the moment. Um, people are away. But what sort of outlook? Are we looking at more volatility when our earnings season starts here as well in February? Yeah, look, it's it's obviously been a, a pretty slow start to the year. Um, you know, people just sort of coming back. I think you only came back this week, Danny, as well. So, um, but no, look, I, I think it is that sort of slow start. You know, it's it's ultimately, um, you know, a bit, a bit of trepidation, a little bit of caution as we go in to, to sort of that start of the year. Um, I think obviously earnings season is, is probably going to be that one that most investors do sort of look towards as maybe that sort of, you know, leader of, of sort of where we're going to go this year. We're also also sort of starting to see uh, that little bit of a rotation that we had at the back end of last year that came a little bit earlier than we anticipated um, but we also I think this is really important we, we have started to see um, you know a lot of capital go into cash um, a lot of profit taking that we saw heading into sort of the back end of last year um, and I think that is maybe set up for actually coming into this year you know that rotation happening you know reinvestment sort of coming back through um, so we did see that in the last 
sort of six months of the year quite heavily. Uh, you know, quite a bit of profit taking as well, especially on some of those um, sort of tech stocks that performed particularly well uh, last year. And that actually may prove to be pretty prudent if we do tend to see that rotation into sort of those unfavoured names that we had in 2023. And just, just taking a look regionally in the Asian session today, interesting divergence here. Uh, Japan, the Nikkei there, the average uh, reaching a 34-year high. Very different story in China, though. Those uh, stocks plumbing five-year lows. Yeah, look, I mean, it is a, a you know bit of a tell of two stories there. I mean, China is you know still going to be that conversation this year over st- you know stimulus. Um, I think obviously the disappointment today came from you know not having that rate cut that I think the market expected, especially after that uh, that deflation print that we got on Friday from China. That's the longest sort of deflationary period that we've seen in China for for over a decade now. Um, so I think there was a big expectation to sort of get that rate cut. What we have seen though is you know it. We, we did see sort of uh, shares in China sort of reverse you know, in the session. I think sometimes what we can get from China and what I think we've seen over the last sort of 12 months or so is that when we do maybe get bad news or when we don't maybe get things going in the right direction, that ultimately it does spur on expectations that we will sort of get a you know larger amount of stimulus coming through. You know, ultimately, we haven't seen uh, aggressive steps from uh, policymakers in China. It has been sort of drip fed. Um, we did get a, a pretty decent support from um, policymakers in in sort of December, uh, but they sort of stopped shy of of sort of a rate cut. So I think there's plenty of work to do in China still um, to sort of really sort of, uh, you know, pick up, see consumption pick up to, to sort of enjoy a better year. But I do still think that as a contrarian investor, you're going to be looking at this to think that, you know, China is going to sort of step in and, and that will be a market uh, that does start to rebound at some point this year. Okay, Josh. Well, uh, interesting thoughts there to uh, wrap up for us today. Thank you so much for joining us. My pleasure, guys. Have a great week. See you, mate. Okay, that was, of course, uh, Josh Gilbert from eToro. So let's, uh, Andrew, let's check in in some of those leaders that we have seen today. And look, Uranium Stocks, Boss Energy and Paladin. Well, in fact, all those we've just spoken of, aside from Elders, <laughs> which is also doing well again today after a positive moves last week as well. But uh, yeah, those at those uranium stocks and also those retailers are doing very well today. In terms of those going in the wrong direction though, Chalice uh, is coming under pressure again, uh, along with, uh, well, in fact, the the miners in general were uh, fairly weak today. Yeah, gold miners. Uh, well, no, actually, gold miners are doing pretty right. well, but um, we have seen, of course, the iron ore price yep. is uh, under continued pressure, so that's resolving there. But I guess the weakest sector within the materials were the lithium miners again. Absolutely. And uh, let's now have a look at some of the small cap movers today. And uh, we have Peninsula Energy up by almost 24% and Alligator Energy up by over 16%. Next Gen Energy Canada up by 12 and Clearview, well, there we go again, up 10% and MedAdvisor up 9%. Yeah, once again, it was in that uranium space, wasn't it? That we're doing very well, particularly yeah. the smaller end of the market. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, those in the other side of the ledger, though. Let's uh, see if we get those up. Yeah, uh, so Articor down by 18%, 4D Medical underselling pressure off by 10 And uh, as we uh, mentioned before, uh, Chalice Mining off by almost 9%. All right, well, let's uh, catch up with our stock of the day. It was Super Retail, which we've been talking about off the back of its trading update. Uh, Nathan Somersandaram of Deep Data Analytics and Henry Jennings from Marcus Today shared their view on the stock.
tempted to take some profits if you had some, but certainly not uh, all of the holding if you're no. if you're looking at selling. But you know, it's all I always like selling into strength um, because uh, sometimes you know you can only sell when there's buyers around. So it's sometimes good to take some profits, but certainly uh, I would be using it as an opportunity maybe to scale back on a sort of a tradable part of your core holding if you like. Right. But uh, the results speak for themselves. Yep. The market's taking it well. I would expect to see upgrades. And the sector does not appear to be dead and buried by any stretch of the imagination. No. And if we see interest rate cuts later this yep. year, you know, it's, it's going to benefit as uh, well. If you're taking profit here and going there, yep. if you don't have a better idea, I'd take the slow way out, take some profit gradually. Yep. If it comes off, keep taking more so Okay, now let's check in with what is happening overnight. And of course, the US markets are closed. And that is for Martin Luther, Martin Luther King, King Jr. Day, exactly. yeah, the holiday. Yep. And uh, Eurozone industrial production for November is out, as is the EU trade balance for November. Tomorrow, locally, we do have uh, consumer confidence for January. Also got uh, China GDP out. Uh, Fourth quarter uh, retail sales out of China as well, along with fixed asset investments. And uh, we also get a market update from Hub24 and a production update from Rio. Yes, we are heading into some of those quarterly updates this week. So, Andrew, let's do a final check and see where the market rounded out today. SIBO 200 up by 2.67 points, almost two tenths of a percent. However, the ASX 200, slightly different, off by around two uh, points. I'm calling it flat. Calling it flat. No movement there to speak of. Really. Okay. It's on life support this Monday. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, that is it from us today. Thank you for joining us. And of course, uh, you'll be, will you be back on tomorrow? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Yes. Andrew's uh, going to be on at uh, 10 tomorrow morning. Well, yeah, tomorrow morning. Absolutely. We'll see you then. Yeah. Have a great night. Mm-hmm.